The following presentation is controversial and may be offensive to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. What's happening? Pod 10. John Lund, KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Appreciate you joining me. You can hear my show at KBR.com or if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, listen weekdays 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. On Pod 10 today for July 23rd, make sure that you hit up CabooseBistol.com. Any of the stories that you hear will likely be there as well. You can expand, see video, archives of the podcasts as well, at CabooseBistol on Twitter, at John Lund Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, all the usual places. Contact the show. I'd love to hear your voice, and then we'll play the best ones on the show. 508-296-4949. And hey, at CabooseBistol.com. So if you want to do an email, that's fine. Hey, at CabooseBistol.com or 508-296-4949. You know how it works by now. We'll give you the big lead. Five stories that you got to know to be a contributing member of society. The a-hole of the day, we'll even that out, as we always do, with one good thing, and then we'll finish it up with three pieces from the Caboose finale. If you, by the way, don't know why we branded the Caboose Pistol, just go to CaboosePistol.com, and we've got all the explanations if you just click on the menu about at CaboosePistol.com. All right, let's get to it. It is time for today's Big Lead. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. As traditionally is the case, it's July 23rd. It's baseball opening day. What? It's not normally July 23rd, Major League Baseball opening day? Well, it is. It seems weird. And you know what? We can sit and fight about it and talk about it and the owners and the players and COVID-19. I, I don't care. It's going to be on my TV. I'm going to cook hot dogs. I'm going to drink beer. I don't care. I'm going to act like it's April, late March, whatever the season was supposed to start. Now we are off to a rough start. Juan Soto, it came out. The uh, Nationals star outfielder, the young player, many people think could be the National League MVP. He has already tested positive for COVID-19, so he can't get it out uh, already to get away from COVID-19. Now, to me, this is just going to happen. When we sit here and try to predict, and we always do this as members of the media, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, uh, we don't know because a lot of this is going to depend on the health of players. Now, in the NFL, it depends on the health of players. In the NBA and all sports, it depends on the health of players. But this is going to be different. Before you mark the Yankees and the Dodgers in the World Series, and I think that's what the networks would want in a down year with no fans, I think that most fans would like to see L.A. versus New York if you don't have a horse in the race uh, just for TV uh, looks. But you don't know. What happens if it goes, I don't know how COVID-19 works. Does it go through a clubhouse like wildfire? Potentially it could. But uh, to me, it's live sports. Beggars can't be choosers. I've accepted it. All the cardboard cutouts in the crowd. Stadiums are going to look like NASCARs. You're going to see it tonight in L.A. when the Giants take on the Dodgers in L.A. We've seen it at Wrigley Field. They're going to digitally put advertising around the fields. They're going to, to instead of, obviously, in the stands in the back, they're going to put the cardboard cutouts. I don't know how long that's going to last because there's money to be made and putting advertisements out there. That's just the way it's going to be. I just know this. 
It's baseball. It's back. There's exhibition basketball being played in the bubble. I'm all for it. I'm going to sit. I've told you this before. I've watched everything on Netflix. I've enjoyed it. I've watched all the stuff that all the networks have thrown out in terms of the uh, best games here, there, and everywhere. I I need live sports, and it happens tonight. Uh, One other change in baseball, 10-team playoff. Uh, It was. Well, the morning of baseball starting, now it's a 16-team playoff, which means in each league, your three division winners plus five wildcard teams. Why would they do that? Oh, yeah, money. They're going to make a lot more money. Obviously, they don't pay the players in the postseason, so the owners get this money. The players, for their part, get a $50 million pool for those players who do make it. And that's 16 teams, about 30 players per team, but you're going to get more because there's a 30-team backup. And guys, like we already talked about, Juan Soto's got COVID-19 and is going to sit out at least tonight. So you're going to get other players from those taxi squad teams. They're going to play. So only those players who make the playoffs will get part of that $50 million pool. It seems awful small to me. But bottom line is the owners get money. The players get a few bucks as well. You get expanded playoffs, which means that more cities are going to be involved, even the bad teams. I'm sitting in San Francisco. The Giants aren't expected to be very good. And so maybe they can stay in the race longer so there is more interest. Anyway, opening day in baseball. Yeah, there's lots of problems. Yeah, it's going to look different. Yeah, it's going to be weird with no fans, fake noise, all those kind of things. Beggars can't be choosers. We get baseball back, and it starts tonight. That is your big lead. Time for your five stories that you need to know to be a functioning member of society today. Contracts, Mookie Betts, the latest. 12 years, $365 million. Now, look, I'm not one of those. Maybe early in my career I was. Get what you can, right? It's a sh- it's short. Um, I guess I'm desensitized to the numbers, how many zeros are behind the numbers anymore. You know, I think Joe Montana was the first NFL player to make a million, and everyone went, oh, my God, a million dollars. Well, now Mookie Betts is making 365, and Giancarlo Stanton years ago was 327, and Harper was 330, and Trout's 426. I don't have an issue with it. It increases pressure. There's certainly a lot of pressure for the Dodgers to win their world, first World Series since 1988. I'll let you hear from Mookie Betts, and then I'll give you my opinion on the deal. It's a special day. Um, that's kind of what I've been working for for my whole life. Uh, my family has been a part of this. Um, you know, my parents have been part of this. Everybody's been a part of uh, this, this whole thing. This is uh, the day that we've been uh, dreaming about, and for it to come true is definitely a blessing. Um, super happy to be a part of this organization for, for the rest of my career. And, you know, it's just an amazing, amazing opportunity. There is Mookie Betts after getting a 12-year, $365 million deal. I've become desensitized to contracts with all these zeros behind them. But here's where my issue comes in. I understand Mike Trout making $426 million. Mike Trout is a generational player. Patrick Mahomes signs a contract that could be worth, it's different in the NFL, it's not fully guaranteed, but it could be worth over a half a billion dollars, over $500 million for Patrick Mahomes. Again, he is a generational player. But where the problem comes in, especially for baseball, and they're going down a slippery slope as far as double-digit year contracts, when has it worked out? 
Albert Pujols, not working out. Miguel Cabrera, not working out. Most times when you give a double-digit year contract, you're hoping to get a couple of World Series. If, it, if you don't get those World Series, then it, you look back on it and it doesn't work out. Most times with a pitcher, with that many years, Max Scherzer, it has worked out. Most times, though, you give a long contract like Garrett Cole, who we're going to see tonight for the Yankees against the Nationals. Hopefully the weather holds off. We'll see if that works out. It generally doesn't because pitchers get hurt. If it's a generational player like Mike Trout or a generational player like Patrick Mahomes, I'm all for it. And I know the Dodgers have oodles of money, and it's not going to be a problem to sign Bellinger or or Walker Bueller, 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 or any player that they want to sign. I'm just saying that when you start getting into 10 and 12 and 13-year contracts for guys who are not generational talents, Mookie Betts is an MVP. He's a really good player. He's not Mike Trout. Dak Prescott is going to try to, and his agent is going to try to somehow compare himself at one point in the next year to Patrick Mahomes. He's not. Generational players get generational contracts. Everybody getting 10 and 12 and 13-year contracts now in baseball, these guys just aren't worth it. I'm not saying it because I'm jealous. I'm not saying it because I'm a Dodgers fan and it's going to stop them from signing other players in the future. It's not that at all. It's just that he's not the type of player that I'm signing to a 12- or a 13-year contract. And what does this mean for guys now coming up? The Cubs have Javi Baez and Chris Bryant and JT Riamuto for the Phillies and George Springer's watching that for the Astros. And the A's are going, because <coughs> Marcus Simeon and they don't sign anybody. And the other side of this whole thing is to, also, wasn't Major League Baseball just crying how they don't have any money, and they were going back and forth with the players, and yet the Dodgers give Mookie Betts in the middle of a pandemic $365 million. Is the NFL going to try to cry poor when they hand Patrick Mahomes a contract worth $500 million? It's not your right in these sports as an owner to make money every single year. They've made money hand over fist year after year after year. They can't cry foul. They can't cry poor, I should say. They can't cry poor when Mookie Betts gets a contract for $365 million and Patrick Mahomes gets a contract for half a billion dollars. That's number one in the top five stories that you need to know. Number two, I got to be honest with you, just back to baseball for a second. I'm kind of getting into this whole thing. I'm starting to embrace this whole thought of the noise in the stadium. We've had this conversation on the podcast before. I wasn't sure. I think I wanted it quiet. I'm not so sure now. It's looking like a video game. I don't know if you saw the NBA bubble, which we'll get into in just a second. They had the first, they had a number, like four or five uh, exhibition games yesterday. They have a couple more today that I've tried to watch most of them. But I want you to try to differentiate here between, there's two Matt Adams walk-offs I'm going to play for you. One when he was with the Cardinals and there was fans, and one uh, the other night when he was on the Braves and there were no fans, but it pretty much sounds the same. Take a listen to this. Adams crushes Today. Another chance for Matt Adams against a lefty. I remember when he was slugging all those home runs. Like that, driven deep to right field, and Matt Adams walks us off. There you go. We don't have to worry cue. about it. <laughs> Given it bad against the left-handed pitcher, and Matt Adams knows what to do with it. 
He just launched a home run into the chop house area and the Braves have won this game 10 to 9 on a big blast from Big City. Welcome back to Atlanta. Folks, he's going to do that a lot in his opportunities in this ballpark. So the first Matt Adams home run had the crowd. Uh, walk-off, I should say, had the crowd. The second Matt Adams walk-off was the other day. There was no crowd. Doesn't sound a whole lot different. Now, does it freak your senses out when you're watching the game and you know there's no crowd and you see cardboard cutouts and you see a bunch of advertisements in the stands? Yeah, it does. But from a standpoint of what they're doing, it sounds pretty good. And I was skeptical of it. And I said, ah, I, don't want to, I don't want fake noise. I don't want fake. I want real. I mean, my real life, it doesn't matter. Fake, real, it's difficult to get any. Uh, I digress. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I read this this morning. I don't know entirely what it means. Fox will be using Silver Spoon Animation to put virtual crowds in the MLB ballparks uh, per uh, Sports Business Journal. I don't know. It sounds complicated. sounds good. EA Sports is part of it. This is like high-tech stuff. They're not just throwing a, some sound effects in there. They're going to put time and thought into the exact moment and what they're doing and all this. Uh, by the way, Darren Rovell says that the Dodgers who have sold 4,500 Fan cutouts are now allowing fans to buy cutouts of their dogs for $149 and have sold an area in the park for dogs from Lucy Pet Foods. Point is, is that with no fans, it's going to look like a NASCAR. They're going to be everywhere. They already are in Wrigley Field and Dodger Stadium. The cutouts cost money. Now there's dog cutouts. I, I ignore the whole thing. I'm kind of getting into it. Got to be honest. I'm kind of getting into it. That is number two. We go from Major League Baseball to the NBA bubble. And I don't know if you saw this yesterday. I watched, I don't know, four or five of the exhibition games. I watched a couple more today. It looks like European courts. It looks like European sports meets EA sports kind of a thing. Like if you ever watch European basketball and how tight it is, and then you got all these boards on the side, especially during player introductions. So to me, I think they've done a pretty good job. Now there's been a lot of complaining in the NBA bubble, so it's nice it's a nice change of pace, Stephen Adams of the OKC Thunder. And by the way, just by his very voice, I don't know if what Stephen Adams says here is is earth shattering. It's nice, just in the face of Rajon Rondo calling his uh, at the time before he got injured, and there was COVID karma on Rajon Rondo because he said it looked like Motel Six, and then uh, he got injured, and now he doesn't have to stay there. But Stephen Adams' voice is great. He's a New Zealander, but also what he says is great as well. He actually appreciates where he is. Take a listen. Uh, it's all good, mate. Um, let's, get, let's be clear, mate. This, this is not Syria, mate. You know what I mean? Like, it's not It's not that hard. It's not that difficult, mate. You know what I mean? It's, we're living in a bloody resort. You know, everyone's got to complain. Everyone has their own preferences, mate. But, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not anything too serious. It's just a bit of a uh, bit of dry food here and there and yeah, get bored every now and then. But yeah, it's all good, man. Pretty cool. It's actually pretty cool because you actually um, get to interact with uh, a couple of the other teams, plays on the other teams, you know. <laughs> so there's Stephen Adams. I just wish that in our, in the way that we speak as Americans, that we would have had Bloody in there somewhere and Mate. It just sounds cool. Just the voice sounds cool. It's great. Uh, it's kind of an Australian accent, but in New Zealand, it's a little bit different as well. They get mad if you call one the other, but he sounds like covered Andrew Bogut. He sounds a little bit like Andrew Bogut, but whatever he says sounds cool. But I just like bloody and mate, and he does appreciate because he comes from a family, I think, of about 18. So when you come from that, and I don't even know if he had his own room growing up, he kind of appreciate being at a resort, as you can hear there. By the way, 
coming from the uh, NBA bubble yesterday, uh, Rashawn Holmes did not play in the Sacramento Kings first game because uh, a delivery pickup of lemon pepper barbecue wings got him a 10-day quarantine in his hotel room. He said he'll be ready to play when called upon. Luke Walton said he wouldn't play in that first scrimmage, which he did not. But uh, I don't know what would be your biggest threat to you staying in the bubble. I don't know what it would be that for you. Lemon pepper barbecue wing mix. That'd be pretty good. I don't know if it'd be a top. Top five would obviously be a woman, booze, maybe food. The fact that you'd probably have claustrophobia, especially a lot of these guys with massive houses. Like sitting in a hotel room, you can fancy that thing up as much as you want. And this is why Rajon Rondo said what he said. It's not that the hotel room is bad. It's just if you're used to, you know, 30,000 square feet and a theater and a bowling alley and a pool and all these things, you go into a hotel room and you have to quarantine, good luck. Uh, I think uh, claustrophobia in the room would be three. Weed would probably be four, maybe higher for some, and then just going to party. But so far, so good in the... Uh, so far, so good in the bubble. Uh, number four on the list today, and this happened uh, late morning, the Washington football team. That's right. It's the Washington football team. What's going to be the name of the former Redskins? The Washington football team. Yeah, that's what I mean. What's going to be the name? The Washington football team. Yeah, what's going to be their name? No, Washington FC. That's the name of the team. Uh, according to a press release today, the former Redskins will continue the process of retiring the name and hopes to be entirely rid of it on physical and digital spaces in the next 50 days by the September by the September 13th regular season opener against the Eagles. Now, I don't know how difficult it is to put a team name together, but I was just thinking to myself. I said this, I don't know, two weeks ago on the podcast. He must not have thought anything about this. He's always been defiant. Daniel Snyder, the owner of the former Washington Redskins, now Washington FC, He's always been defiant. So he he didn't think of a name ever. But I would have thought it wouldn't have been that hard to come up with, say, four names, throw it out on social media, get your uh, fans involved. Even if they didn't pick the name you wanted, you could manipulate it so that it would be the name that you wanted. They'd get involved. They'd buy a bunch of gear, turn in your old gear, get 25% off, boom, 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 new name, go. They're not going to do that. The entire season, it's going to be Washington FC, Washington Football Club, and instead of a Redskin logo on the helmet, they're going to have just the number like Alabama. And I was thinking to myself, they could be the Crimson Tide, and then you got the numbers, but they're not really Crimson, they're Burgundy. Burgundy Tide? Nah. The Washington Burgundy Tide! I don't, nah, it's not working. I just thought they would have had a name, but they didn't. Uh, by the way, the Seattle Kraken. The Seattle Kraken is going to be the NHL hockey team. Speaking of teams, and the only thing I was thinking from a, a sound standpoint for the Seattle Kraken. And the only sound I could think of for Kraken, I was a Kraken, Kraken. Yeah, you could do Pirates of the Caribbean. I understand. It's a big serpent. It's a big sea animal. Oh, Ernie McCracken. Ernie McCracken from Kingpin, if you remember. Bill Murray's character in Kingpin. If you've never seen the movie, please go back and watch it. Ernie McCracken, ladies and gentlemen. Which opponent poses the biggest threat to you in the tournament? <laughs> if I get drunk and fall down hurt myself, I might lose. Sure, babe. What's your name? Darlene. I'm in Ernie McCracken from uh, the movie Kingpin. Of course, Woody Harrelson. Uh, you should you should watch it if you have not. And that was that's my best reference for the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken, the new NHL team, Seattle Kraken. There you go. I'm getting used to it. I like the logo, by the way. Go look up the logo. Big S, like a big Seattle S. Looks nice. And finally, number five on the five stories you got to know for Podcast 10. John Lund with you from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. 
Dan Wetzel, one of my favorite guys, and I worked with him a bit in Detroit from Yahoo Sports. He is, I think, the preeminent uh, sports columnist in our country. Wrote a piece today about how likely each sport is to survive the entire season. It's nice when the plane takes off, which is what sports is doing today with Major League Baseball opening up, and we're starting to see, obviously, exhibition games with the NBA. But how likely is it that all the sports land? Well, I was thinking about this myself. The NBA is showing good signs early in the bubble. Uh, basically, they've only got, you know, got a few games for money and TV purposes, and then they hit the playoffs. I'd put that at 80-20. The NHL is doing a bubble, one in Toronto, one in Edmonton, and then they'll go to Edmonton only. Uh, COVID is less prevalent in Canada. I'd go 85-15 in the NHL. Major League Baseball is 60 games, plus now expanded playoffs with 16 teams getting in the playoffs, three division winners, five wildcard teams, but they're traveling. Uh, they have an entire backup team, though, I would say, and we, we talked about this earlier, if you skipped over, Juan Soto has uh, contracted – COVID-19, that's just the way it's going to be, which is why having the 30-game backup or the 30-team backup is such a big deal. I'd put baseball at, I don't know, 70-30. The NFL, this is where it gets iffy to me. An entire season, it's very physical, uh, but the league bulldozes through. That's what the NFL has done. I am a bit surprised that we haven't heard they're going to cut down the uh, training camp rosters to 80. I would think you don't even cut guys that you keep the, the roster where it is it, because you're going to need a lot of backup guys. Guys are going to get COVID uh, in the NFL because of the physicality of the sport, the blood, the spit, the, uh, all that kind of stuff. I would think you would keep more guys, but then the owners wouldn't like that because they have to pay more guys. I don't know how they'd work it out. But again, we're in unprecedented times. So what you would you would say to yourself would never be done probably to get through an NFL season. You need a lot of guys. I put the NFL at 60-40, and I might be too optimistic in that one. And then Dan Wetzel also put in college football. They have the same issues to me as the NFL, but, and they're only playing in conference games. It looks like they're all going to do that across the board, so you're not going to travel as much. But universities are not going to take chances with college-aged players. If school's not in, should football be in? I'd put it against, I'd put it against at 30-70, and there's been discussion, much like in high school football across the country, that, the, that college football will actually move to spring, and I wouldn't be surprised in the slice. In fact, that's what I think is going to happen. All right, those are the five stories that you got to know to be a contributing member of society on Podcast 10, July 23rd, 2020. How likely are the sports to get to the finish line? Washington FC Football Club. No more Redskins going to have numbers on the side, at least for this season. What would make you break the bubble? By the way, Bowl Bowl. Did people see Bowl Bowl yesterday at 7-2, shooting threes and blocking shots? Mookie Betts contract. 12 and 365, he's a nice player, but to me, he's not generational, and baseball starts. Those are your lead and five big stories of the day. Let's get to your asshole of the day. He's an asshole. Major asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? What an asshole! He's a special kind of asshole. What an asshole! What's his name? They haven't identified him. That's part of the problem. Get a babysitter, will you? Authorities in Ohio are searching for a man who reportedly robbed a bank in Ohio holding a small child. Uh, he's accused of robbing a bank, threatening to use an explosive device while holding the child. I'm looking at the picture. This is near Toledo, Ohio. Shortly after 1 p.m. Tuesday, 
at the Directions Credit Union on Reynolds Road. So if you were anywhere near there, it's a man holding a toddler. He walked into the building, handed the teller a message demanding money. This is in uh, Maumee, Ohio, M-A-U-M-E-E. Uh, FBI also saying that the note included a bomb threat, according to investigators. After the man received the money, he left in a silver Cadillac, authorities uh, said. I don't know if it's a 48 Hours Nick Nolte Eddie Murphy Cadillac or if it's a newer Cadillac, does not say here. But you can't get a babysitter? I mean, you're just holding the two-year-old like a prop? Yeah, and I have explosives, and I have this two-year-old with me. You're the asshole of the day. It's bad enough that you're robbing a bank, which, by the way, you got to have balls of steel to rob a bank nowadays. There's all sorts of ways. There's cameras everywhere. you got security. I'm sure when they put the money in there, every every movie you see, there's like paint that blows up in your face, so I don't even know if you can use the money. But anyway, desperate times, def- desperate measures. We're in the middle of COVID-19. Obviously, the guy needed money, but... You either got to, I don't know, you got to get a babysitter. You got to do something. You can't take the kid with you. Have you ever heard of that? The kid robbing the bank with you. Now, I looked for sound from this story. There's usually news stories, and I tell you all the time that the news story a lot of times is better than the story itself. I couldn't find a story, or I couldn't find a news story. I looked at all the Toledo news stations, could not find a news story, but I did find an old story of nuns robbing a bank. Listen to this. Police were having none of it. These are surveillance photos of two women the FBI says dressed as holy sisters to rob a bank. It happened at a citizen's bank in Pennsylvania. Investigators believe the pair have a habit of this kind of crime. The duo is also accused of other heists in New Jersey while wearing headscarves. The women, a 19-year-old from Connecticut and a 23-year-old from the Dominican Republic, were arrested and charged with bank robbery. So I'm sorry that I didn't have any sound news sound of the uh, man with the two-year-old robbing the bank in Ohio, and that's the best I could do. But I, I thought bank robbing nuns was interesting in that, can you imagine when it's judgment day and the good Lord is looking over your resume to either pull the lever so that you slide down or that he lets you through those pearly gates and they say, good, good. Yep. You did that. Nice, nice donation. Mm, yep. Looking good. What? you dressed up as nuns and robbed the bank and he just pulls the lever and you're done. I guess both could be assholes of the day. Those are your, both bank robbing types are your assholes of the day. I'm an asshole and I'm proud of it. All right, as you always do, we balance it out. Your asshole of the day first balanced out by one good thing. All right, let me find this story here. For one good thing. Look, I struggle to find one good thing today. This is good, though. It's Canada. Uh, The Center for Disease Control up in uh, British Columbia. And this is what you're supposed to do. So this is like a, uh, I don't know, a personal service announcement from me to you. This is up in Canada. It says, and they actually posted these things. Before and after sex, wash your body with soap and water. I don't really have to worry about these things. Sex doesn't find me often. Uh, Wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Wash sex toys thoroughly with soap and water before and after use. Do not share them with multiple partners. That's kind of a regular. That's not just COVID-19. That's kind of a regular. Now, here's where it gets interesting because most women I know, they like to kiss and they like to to warm up. Uh, Men would probably like this. Wear a face mask or covering. Heavy breathing during sex can create more droplets that can transmit COVID-19. Makes sense. I don't know how many people are wearing masks because... If you're living with someone and then you're having sex with that person, 
I think that it's going to happen. You're going to catch it anyway, but whatever. You do. You want to limit face-to-face contact. So the sexual positions that you you got to limit face-to-face contact. I do remember one time in college, I was trying to uh, to watch Sports Center while having sex, and so uh, the doggy position was was out there. Yeah, this woman that that relationship did not last very long because she did not like watching Sports Center while having sex. It was one or the other. I chose Sports Center. Now this is the part that's interesting though. Use barriers like walls, e.g., glory holes that allow for sexual contact but prevent close to uh, close face-to-face contact. So they're saying, look, they, you don't even want to look at the other person, right? You don't even want to look at the other person. They want a wall between you up in Canada. Remember Jerry Jones? Part of leadership is to have some of the guys that have gone before that uh, have been disappointed uh, to share it with everybody involved. For me, it's a reminder. I, too, have been here 23 years. And uh, it is a reminder. I've been here when it was glory hole days, and I've been here when it wasn't. And so having said that, uh, uh, I want me some glory hole. Yeah, it's been, a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I've heard that particular cut from Jerry Jones, right when I heard about glory holes in Canada. And thank you, Canada, for telling us what is safe and what is not. I just wonder if Jerry Jones knows what he's talking about with, with glory hole because he's an older gentleman and sometimes things are like, what, what? I, I don't know what you're all having. You can hear the sophomoric media, which I am a part of, start snickering when Jerry Jones says glory hole. And then he, he doesn't know. He's got a kind of a confused look on his face. Are they laughing with me? Are they laughing at me? So then he says glory hole again. And you know, you have friends like that. Don't encourage them. Don't encourage them. So Jerry says it. I, I Honestly, I think he went back and went, what were they laughing at? Were they laughing at me? No, Jerry, they, you said glory hole twice. Look it up. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Because his son's next to him. His son, Stephen, is the is the big honcho under him. And it's like, you don't do it. You want to talk to your dad about glory holes? No, you don't. By the way, 70s porn music, everybody. There you go. So one good thing, I guess, would be, I'm stretching for one good thing today. One good thing. Thank you, Canada, for telling us the rules of sex during COVID-19. And finally, for episode 10, it's time for your Caboose finale. <laughs> the old Caboose pistol. Everybody has one. <laughs> Did you say Caboose pistol? I know some women who could hide a machine gun in there. Yeah. All right, time for the Caboose finale. If you don't know about the Caboose and why we branded the Caboose Pistol, just go to CaboosePistol.com. There's a menu that says About, and you can hear this entire skit and why we call it, and the entire podcast, the Caboose Pistol. So on the show today on KMBR, and you can catch me weekdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., KMBR.com, or if you're in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, you can catch me on KMBR 680. We got into this conversation, and everybody knows... The skit on Saturday Night Live, we need more cowbell. Christopher Walken, more cowbell. But the one that's underrated is Christopher Walken and Kalangus. Kalangus. Remember this one? Underrated. As I live and breathe, Kalangus. Oh, Kalangus, you old carpetbagger. Annabelle. I fear my visit. It's an inconvenience. <laughs> Nonsense, Colonel Angus. We're always happy to see your shining face. Colonel Angus, what brings you to these parts? I'm headed down south. <laughs> of course. Uh, how far south are you headed, Colonel Angus? Ain't really sure. 
I prefer the deep south. I like the heat, the humidity. Oh, sir, I do not. <laughs> and who is this little rosebud? This is our daughter, Melinda. Catalangus, the pleasure is all mine. Oh. I've heard so much about you. Well, my dear, don't believe everything you hear about old Colonel Angus. <laughs> Colonel Angus might be rough. Colonel Angus might not smell like a bed of roses, but... <laughs> But deep down, Colonel Angus is very sweet. Well, we hope you'll spend the night with us. Well, thank you, Miss Annabelle. And if I overstay my welcome, just tap me on the head. <laughs> there you go. The underrated Colonel Angus. Colonel Angus. Of course, not to the level of we need more cowbell, but damn good. Nonetheless, number two, what do you think of 3D KFC printed Chicken. KFC has partnered with a Russian bioprinting company to bring 3D printed chicken nuggets to the table. Coined as the quote-unquote meat of the future, the lab-created chicken is KFC's response to the growing interest of healthy lifestyles, the rise in demand, blah, 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 meat alternatives, blah, 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 blah. As I was searching for something, I was looking for the something from the kernel as a response. This is a KFC commercial with the original Colonel back in 1969. What would he think of a company printing 3D KFC? I'm Colonel Harlan Sanders, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my Kentucky Fried Chicken. Hey, you two coming? You go ahead, honey. I want to talk to these folks a little bit longer. And now, I said Kentucky Fried Chicken. There's only one way to cook Colonel Sanders' Kentucky Fried Chicken, and that's my way. We always use plump, young broilers, always fresh, never frozen chicken. It's cut in pieces, and each piece is dipped in milk and egg wash, then into seasoned flour, in which we have the 11 different spices and herbs for flavor. One more thing, folks. It's the only way that you're going to get chicken that is finger-licking good. And I'd be mighty proud to have you try Colonel Sanders' Kentucky Fried Chicken. Nope, it's 3D printed chicken now. He's rolling over in his grave. I, I, I'm all for being healthier. I really am. I do notice, though, that people who are once big and then get thin just aren't like a Jonah Hill, for example. Fat Jonah Hill is a lot funnier than skinny Jonah Hill. Skinny Jonah Hill seems to be angry and, and doesn't like he just doesn't like, he's not as good. He's not as funny. I don't know. I just, to me, when you're eating what you want, but what it, it's sometimes, you know, when you sit at a restaurant and you can see because it's glass, you can see them making your food and how aesthetically pleasing that is or when you barbecue your food. I mean, is it really going to get to the day where we're printing our food and watching our food get printed? I just don't see it. Seem like the way it's going to go though. Uh, speaking of food, I'm going to ask you a very simple question for number three on the Caboose Pistol finale today. Underpaid or overpaid or just right? Hey, at CaboosePistol.com. Hey, at CaboosePistol.com for feedback or 508-296-4949. We were talking about Snoop Dogg on the show the other day because it was trending. And I saw this. Snoop Dogg loves weed so much, that's not a surprise to you, that he employs a full-time blunt roller paying him between forty dollars and $50,000 annually. His blunt roller has gotten to know Snoop so well, he knows how to read his face and delivers a joint exactly when Snoop needs one. So would you say forty dollars to $50,000 is underpaid or overpaid as far as a joint roller for Snoop? I don't know. What are you rolling for Snoop from the time he gets up to the time he goes to bed? Five joints a day? Does that sound like too many? If you're going five joints a day, 
let's just say for the sake of conversation, 100 joints per month. And what's that? 1,200 joints a year at forty to $50,000. That sounds a little underpaid. I know forty dollars to $50,000 to be the joint roller. And that sounds like an okay gig. I probably want a little bit more. As you're thinking about that, whether that's underpaid or overpaid, here is Snoop with Jimmy Kimmel talking about the only person to ever outsmoke him. Uh, you know, Seth Rogen was here uh, uh, last week, and we were talking about the Mount Rushmore of pot smokers. And, of course, you are on that <laughs> Mount Rushmore. And I think that... I think that Seth is on that Mount Rushmore. Who would you, would you put on that Mount Rushmore? I would put uh, Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Oh, I forgot. How could I forget Bob Marley? Now, Seth has been kicked off the Mount Rushmore. Bob oh, Marley's good. in there. Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong. I feel like... I feel like they've strayed from, from the mountain. But they the first faces on the mountain, though. You can't... Oh, yeah. They the ones who showed us what a mountain was. You're right. <laughs> Willie Nelson has to oh, be on Willie the mountain. Oh, Willie P. Nelson is definitely on there. And by the way, Willie Nelson is the only person who's ever outsmoked Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I believe that. I had to hit the timeout button. <laughs> timeout. Had you ever hit that button before? Never. Never hit that button? Never. Wow, that is something else. All right, so a couple of questions come from that. As I said, the Mount Rushmore of weed smokers. Uh, Snoop said he's on there. Willie Nelson's on there because he's the only guy to outsmoke him. Cheech and Chong is on there. Bob Marley is on there. Who else would go on that? And is forty or $50,000 underpaid or overpaid as far as being Snoop's joint roller is concerned? That is podcast number 10, July 23rd, 2020. John Lund, KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Check me out weekdays 10 to 2. CabooseBistol.com. We got the archives for the podcast stories, videos, all those things. The stories match up with the stories that we talk about at Caboose Pistol on Twitter, at John Lund Ready on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, where you find your favorite podcast. Feedback, 508-296-4949. We'd love to hear from you. And hey, hey, H-E-Y at CabooseBistol.com. Podcast 10, July 23rd, 2020.